your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Oh my gosh, I did that wrong. Uh, hey everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Good, good. It's uh, it's signing day, whatever that is anymore. Um, first of all, I realize I have a hat on and uh, a toboggan. More, price. I fell out in Colorado, and um, boy, this glare is gonna bother the crap out of everybody. I, I might should move that, but um, anyway. Uh, yeah, the reason I have a toboggan on and the reason I look like a cartoon rocket or, dare I say, a, a functional condom, <laughs> I'm gonna, my hair is sort of goofy. And I, I was just, I, I wanted people to see, um, I don't know what I wanted people to see. I really just wanted to start out with the condom joke. Proof, proof that you're in Steamboat Springs. That's what, that's what that toboggan was. Proof that you're in the other side of the continent. It is colder than Neptune's basement right now. I'm te- <laughs> Jimmy, it was negative what? 12 at 8 o'clock this morning. I'm, negative the, what? wind chill? I mean, with the wind yeah, chill. No. The whole thing, I'm trying to close these curtains a little bit. Um, wow, so, negative 12. Negative, God, what is going on with my hair? But anyway, and I know we should have prepared more for this, and I know that I, I my, my good buddy – uh, Justin, who watches this, who's an Auburn fan by chance, um, by the way, I should say, he said, look, you guys can do some things to improve the video. And yes, we can. I got to do them when I get back from vacation. I'm, I'm trying to fit in this podcast wherever I can right now. And I'm doing the best I can do. And on top of that, my basketball team got beat by 18 to Auburn last night. So, I mean, I got a lot of shit going on, people. So, um, but Jimmy, let's start there. Um by the time everybody watches this, uh, we will have, you know, beaten this horse to death, you would think. Um, but uh, Auburn does beat Alabama. I thought, first of all, let me say this, huge monster kudos to Nate Oates because Nate Oates came out and essentially said, I'm, I'm not going verbatim here, but he said, look, yeah, we could have gotten some more calls. Yeah, some whistles could have gone our way a little bit more. But in the end, Auburn's better than we are. They're the better team, and they won, and we have to get better. And that's exactly what I want my freaking coach to say. I don't, I'm don't. i tired of people blaming the officials. I was tired of it when Auburn fans lost their minds about uh, they won despite not getting calls in Tuscaloosa. I'm tired of it when I saw people on Twitter last night complaining. Um, I, I'm just tired of it. Yeah, okay, I will say I threw in a little joke out there that I knew we were in trouble when Bryce Young fouled out. But – <laughs> they did have we did have 10 more fouls and they did shoot 40 free throws. That's that's just part of it. But on the road in the SEC, you're not going to get the calls unless you're Kentucky sometimes. That's it. That's that's the game. We all know this. We all accept it. That's part of it. So when you're at home, expect to get more calls than when you're on the road. And tr- you have to get through that. And I thought Nate Oates did a wonderful job of uh handling that. Yeah, I don't uh you know, I, I, the calls were one-sided, but you know that going in. The fact they shot forty more free throws means. I mean, I mean, they shot the. The fact they shot forty free throws, we we, we didn't have a chance to win. But I knew we didn't have a chance to win before the game started. That's true. And, and 
it had nothing to do with Nate Oates. It had nothing to do with our players. It had just everything to do with the fact that I, I give Auburn credit for numerous things, but first and foremost, they find a way to play really well against Alabama every time. They, 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 they don't choke that away. Uh, it's the biggest thing they've got on their board. It's at the top of their grease board, the top of their goal chart. And you would think every now and then a team would just choke those opportunities away. Auburn doesn't. They, they're very consistent when it comes to playing Alabama in big games and sports. They play their best. And, and this is a fact based on what their talent level is and how good Bruce Pearl is at his job. If you took the best player off Alabama, Shackelford, and you took the two best players off Baylor, pick two, and then the two best players off Gonzaga, Auburn would have beat that team too. There was not a, a, a college basketball team or a makeup of college basketball stars that were going to beat Auburn and Auburn the way they play and the way they especially play when Alabama comes to town. Uh, I, I told friends last night, Luke heard this, but I told some friends last night, and I mean it seriously, Alabama might win the national championship. I'm not saying they will. I'm not here predicting it. I'm not telling you there's a 50% chance they will. I'm sure that chance is pretty small. But there is a chance Alabama will win the national championship. Alabama's beaten two number one seeds already, Gonzaga and Baylor. It's not crazy to think that Alabama can win the national championship when you've already beaten two teams, two teams that are likely to be one seeds. But Alabama had no chance to win that game last night. So nothing that happened in it was going to get me upset. If anything, I was a little encouraged by the run they had at the start of the second half to cut it to two. I thought that was real gutsy. We played really well in a tough environment during that stretch. And it's that stretch that hopefully stays part of our DNA. Because when you get to late in the season and you play on neutral courts and things get kind of tough on that neutral court, uh, you need to remember how you played in that stretch. But thankfully, the SEC tournament, the NCAA tournament, they're not played on the road in that crazy, great environment Auburn's got. Uh, they're played in front of more quiet, neutral crowds. <laughs> and uh, we just won't have to experience that scene last night again until we uh, until we visit Kentucky. Yeah, and uh, you're absolutely right about that. In fact, Kentucky won't be that rabid. Um, and, and I just was on the radio in Montgomery. I go on there every Wednesday at 1220. And, um, you know, I think part of uh, – the crew there expected me to be a little despondent about what happened last night. And I was like, look, yeah, I, you never like to lose to Auburn. Don't I mean, and the fact that we have not done well against Auburn since uh, John Mitchie's two point conversion is a problem. Uh, yeah. We beat them in women's basketball. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to pretend that I'm, you know, carrying a banner about that, but um, at the same time, I saw a lot of positivity. Uh, no, J.D. Davison played maybe as arguably his worst game of the year. He just did not play well. He got to the rim. He had some open shots. He just missed them. Um, and he took a lot of heat on Twitter for it too, by the way, which I thought was a little bit undue. I'm going to still maintain that J.D. Davison's a really good player, and he's he's just not Jabari Smith. I'm sorry. Sometimes a five all five stars are not created equal. Tyler Love was a five star, and Julio Jones was a five star. They're not the same. Um, but – Going back to Charles Bediaco, I thought at the beginning of the game, he looked his same old, timid Bediaco self. To start off in the second half, I thought he was challenging some of the guys, offensively and defensively. He had four big blocks in the second half. I was really proud of the way Charles played. Um, I was glad to see Javon Quinterly uh, start out House of Blaze in the second half. 
Um, Shackelford still doing his thing. I mean, look, Shackelford, I, I doubt, will be in Tuscaloosa next year just because he's already toyed with the transfer portal and toyed with the idea of going pro as well. But, man, Shackelford could come back next year, and I haven't done the math. I haven't looked at the numbers. But he's got to be close to being one of the all-time leading scorers in Alabama history at this point. And so if he were to come back, um, he could end up being an Alabama legend. That would be marvelous if he were to do it. Um, and I think he's got a lot of, uh, of room for improvement. So hopefully he will at least consider it. You know, we're only midway through this season, so let's not talk about that too much. But uh, there were some positives from this game. And look, Alabama cut it to two and had a chance, and they and they they blew it. I mean, I say they blew it. Auburn took it. I don't I don't want to make it sound like oh we gave them that game. Auburn's better than we are. I mean that now that doesn't mean we cannot beat them. You made the comment on our text chain. Hey, I wouldn't mind playing them in Tampa. I wouldn't either. I'd be fine with it. I think that we we are going to be better come tournament time, given this schedule that we have played, which is murderous. It's scary. It's 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 the toughest schedule I've ever seen a basketball team have. To be quite honest with you, I'm not being hyperbolic here. Um, no no other team has had to play what we've had to play in, in conference and out of conference. And you know, it just so happens just so happens this year the best team in the conference might have the easiest schedule in the conference. They get all the toughest teams at home and um, they don't have to travel to Kentucky. They don't have to travel to some of these other places. Um, they might have to go to Arkansas. I think Auburn does have to go to Arkansas, but even that's not that big of a deal right now. So, um, but that that's just their turn. You know, next year, maybe Alabama won't get Kentucky twice. That'd be great. But, uh, you know, this year, Auburn was just a beneficiary of that, and they have a pretty damn good team. <laughs> So it's a it's a perfect storm for them. Jimmy, um, need to go ahead and take a break here and tell everybody about what do I need to tell you about? Oh, I need to tell you about Built Bar. Built Bar, these are delicious. They're nutritious. They're scrumptious. I wish I had one. I've eaten them all, the ones that I've brought to Colorado with me. I'd show you. They're delicious. They're about this big. And um, they come in a nice little wrapper. It's the, the present presentation is marvelous. But what's inside? is what's important. It's like when a relationship, you have a relationship with your built bar. It's what's inside that makes the difference. You will love these things. They're covered in chocolate or covered in something like a key limey type icing. Um, whatever it is, you'll love them. Go to built.com, B-U-I-L-T.com. B-U-I-L-T.com is where you go to get these delicious, nutritious built bars. You'll love them. I'm telling you, you can't beat them with a stick. Go check out built.com. Use promo code locked on for 15% off that order. Excuse me, promo code locked 15. Promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off that order. If you think about it, it makes sense. The 15's in there twice. So, you know, you think about it. LOCKED15 for 15% off that order. They're good for a keto or a keto diet. Can't beat them with a stick. Delicious, nutritious Bilt Bars. Jimmy, on our next break, um, I'm going to tell you about BetOnline.net. It's BetOnline.net now. And I've got a whole new live read. I, I, I had the whole thing just about memorized. I had my own little twist on it. And now I've got to give you this new live read about it. But it's cool stuff. BetOnline.net is the way to go, and I'll talk about them in the next break. So um, was there anything else you wanted to say basketball-wise? I'll say this. Uh, Alabama, they play at Kentucky at home on Saturday. Uh, I mean, we're going to need a good crowd. I wish I could be there. I'm going to be flying in from Steamboat. I don't get into like 11 o'clock. Cool. So I'm going to watch the damn game. I'm but, in Tuscaloosa as we speak, and I will be here through Kentucky. Very much looking forward to it. Very okay. much. So – we we need that win. Let's get that win, Jimmy. Um, but let's also remember this. If we don't win this game, let's remember this. We said at the beginning of this three-game stretch, Baylor, Auburn, Kentucky, if we win one of those, it's a victory. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. We happen to win the first one. So I know everybody's going to get greedy. Like, well, let's just win the other ones. And that's, that's, that's fine. But let's look at this thing from a macro sense when this Kentucky game's over. If we lose, I'm not saying we're going to, but if we do lose, it's not the end of the world. Now, what will make it the end of the world is when we have to travel to Ole Miss the next week and then Arkansas at home the next Saturday. Need to win those. And, Ar- and Ole Miss just went on the road and beat LSU. They had a 20-point lead. They ended up winning by seven or nine or something like that. But Ole Miss is playing better. So, uh, yeah, no rest for the weary. Even our even our so-called soup can games are tough. Yeah, we don't uh, – I think those soup can we, – we just kind of skipped over soup can games this year. We don't We don't have them. I mean, we had the number one strength of schedule before the Baylor at Auburn-Kentucky stretch. We were number one in many – uh, strength of schedule analytics before this three-game stretch. Now we're number. Now we're so far number one. Nobody can see us. Uh, you know, in in terms of getting greedy, of, uh, of course I, I want to win Saturday. I, I think that we can, like you just said very well, which is so true. A loss me- doesn't mean much. We wouldn't fall. To me, a loss that means a lot is we would tumble from where we currently project in the NCAA tournament. And a loss to Kentucky, even after this loss to Auburn, we're not tumbling anywhere. We might fall uh, one spot. We might go from a five seed to a six seed. Uh, Worst case scenario, we lost a spot to Auburn and we lost a spot to Kentucky, and we're leaving the Kentucky game a seven seed, which is nowhere near the bubble. So uh, I'm I'm very comfortable where we are uh, with the NCAA tournament, and a loss wouldn't wouldn't mean a ton. Uh, A win would be huge. And I think we have a really good chance uh, in terms of this is what I believe is going to happen. I think Alabama is going to play well. I, I think we're going to play hard and good, and the game's going to be tight one way or the other. What I worry about, Luke, is this is not a good matchup for us because of Oscar Shibway. Uh I, I, I think he just might be. We're not great in the front court. That's the the huge flaw in this team is we're just not great up front particularly on the defensive end. Gurley, minus 24 and plus minus and only 14 minutes of action because he was abused by Auburn's front court, and that wasn't the first time we've seen that. Bediaco can be freshman timid. Jawan Gary's playing hurt. Uh, we're just not that great up front. I think Oscar T- uh, Shibwe is, is a better version of uh, Walker Kessler. He's, he's Kessler, but better, and – that matchup is going to be really tough for us. Uh, so I, I'm not going to predict an Alabama win, but what I will predict is Alabama will play will play really well and the game will be tight. Uh, they may win. Yeah, and and how about Charles Bediaco? He's growing up just by showing up. I mean, yeah. he, tough he, you play Walker Kessler, who uh, – is just playing out of his mind right now. They said last night on the broadcast he's worked his way in the first round. Thank God. I don't want him at Auburn next year. And then oh, you go God. to Oscar Shibway, who is Michael Cage on steroids. Although Michael Cage might have been on steroids. I don't remember. Um, I don't remember all this, who all was on steroids or not. It doesn't matter. Uh, Michael Cage probably wasn't on steroids. He was just a badass. Um, but Shibway is, is a superstar. And, um, yeah, so you play those two guys back-to-back. Dude, I mean – See, this is why I really want Charles Bediaco to come back next year. That was another discussion on the Montgomery radio station was about J.D. Davidson. Like, is he ready to go pro? And I was like, no, he's not ready to go pro. But when does that matter? It doesn't matter. It's all about potential. And if a team looks at him 
and says, you know what? That's right. He didn't score any points against Auburn last night. And he doesn't average even 10 points a game. And um, But you know what? There's this one highlight where he dunked over a 7-1 center at Auburn that is leading the country in block shots, and he dunked right on his head. And so, yeah, so we feel like he's got potential. So what we're going to do is we're going to draft him, put him in the G League, and mold him in our image. And that's what they've kind of done with Josh Primo. And so that's why J.D. may still go pro. Um, because if you look at it the other way, in a perfect world, guys like Herb Jones would go in the top five because he's playing like a top five pick. He's playing incredibly well, but every, he went to the second round because everybody's like, well, we kind of already know what Herb Jones can do. Well, what you don't understand is that you everybody thinks that all these other younger guys, their ceiling has to be higher than Herb Jones. No, it doesn't. Herb Jones is a workaholic. So it, it would be great if sticking around for your senior year meant more. It doesn't. And that's why J.D. may go pro. And that may be why Charles Bediaco goes pro, although I don't think he will. And if Charles Bediaco were to come back next year, why can't he have a Walker Kessler-like transformation who sucked at North Carolina? And this year, he's a candidate for SEC Player of the Year. So why can't Bediaco do that, you know? Yeah, uh, you know, one thing about J.D. Davison in the draft, I, I think uh, it's easy for fans to get lost, for fans to lose sight of this. But this is just a fact, Luke. If we went to last year's team and said, okay, uh, this was one of the best Alabama teams in history. They won the league. They won the SEC tournament. They were a two seed. They made it the Sweet 16 only to lose to a Final Four team in overtime. That was historical standards, perhaps Alabama's best year of all time. It is certainly an argument to make. And who was the best player on last year's team? Well, Herb. Herb was the best player on last year's team. Who was the second best player? That's when the arguments start. You know, was it was it Petty? Was it Quinterly? Was it you know, uh, Alex Reese. I mean, was it Keon? I mean, you could have an argument, but here, here's what no one would say. No one would say the second best player was Primo. No one would say yeah. the third best player was Primo. No one would say the fourth best one. So I'm, I'm saying Josh Primo wasn't even one of our top three or four players on our own team last year. And he was, I think, the second highest drafted Alabama player in history. <laughs> That's true. Why is that? People, why is that? Well, it's because the NBA, they're not – drafting Josh Primo to help them make the NBA playoffs the next season. They drafted Josh Primo because they dream of what he might be in about four or five seasons. Um, that's why J.D. Davison is still a first-round pick, despite the fact game in and game out, he's not exactly putting the team on his back. I would argue, though, it's kind of funny for me to say because I've been a little critical of him, uh, J.D. Davison is helping us win more games than Primo did a year ago. Oh, I agree. Now, some of that's because Primo was hurt and, and, and missing a lot of games. But in terms of J.D. Davison's impact on whether Alabama wins or loses the game, uh, I would say J.D. Davison's been more impactful than uh, than Josh Primo was. Uh, but J.D. won't be drafted. J.D. may go in the first round, but he won't be drafted as high as Primo was. I think if J.D. goes in the first round, he's going to be picked somewhere in the mid to late 20s. In uh, a team that picks in the mid to late 20s, by the way, doesn't need immediate help. They're the exact team that can stick a Josh Primo at the end of the bench. Remember this, the Spurs picked pretty high, but the Spurs were not des in desperate need of help to be good. They, they could draft for the future. Uh, some teams that are in the mid-20s, that's all they do is draft for the future. So I do think J.D. Davison is still likely to go in the first round and is likely to leave despite the fact some Alabama fans think his production has been a little disappointing. 
you know, first of all, it reminds me a little bit of, I know you watch Family Guy. I don't watch it every week, but I, I still watch, you know, when Stewie's always in his time machine, he goes to see older Stewie. See, they weren't drafting young Stewie. They were drafting older Stewie. Like, and they're just like, we're drafting Josh Primo four years from now, but we're just drafting him now. And we get to, we get to, again, train him the way we want to train him. We get to put the nutrition in him. We want to put the nutrition in. We get to um, uh, get him with a life coach that we want him to have a life coach. You know, we, all those things. So that's where the positivity is. Jimmy, I'm about to have fun with a brand new live read. And I want everybody to uh, play along with me. Sweet. There might be less football being played, but betonline.net has way more stuff to bet on this playoff season. From scores, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. And it's not just football. BetOnline.net's basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC odds coverage is the best in the business. From sports Right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, Bet Online is your number one online wagering destination. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Bet Online, where the game starts. We really appreciate Bet Online because they have signed a deal with Locked On now that makes them uh, the exclusive sports book of the Locked On Podcast Network. So, really appreciate the guys at betonline.net or just Bet Online. It's betonline.net or betonline. Jimmy, you were creeping me out with your gigantic fingers trying to type something there as they get into the camera. Don't do that again. It looked like a very white spider coming at me. It's signing day. I was getting some, I was, I was trying to get scoop there. Is <clears throat> Danny Lewis doing it? We're doing this in the middle of a Danny Lewis potentially committing. A, what's his deal? Uh, I He committed during the live read. Two. I think it's Alabama. Uh, I, I was told Alabama, by the way. So before I'm even looking at this, I, I was told by someone that would know that it's going to be Alabama. Uh, hasn't happened yet. Hmm. Uh, so I'm still predicting. Let's just say I'm predicting Alabama then because uh, it's after uh, I thought he was. Uh, oh, my computer hasn't uh, refreshed in 10 or 15 minutes. Did you get my sneeze just then? Did I sneeze and you heard it? I heard something, but I wasn't looking. I was looking at the computer screen to see if uh, about the Daniel Lewis. And, uh, huh. See if, uh, oh, here's one. Here's another place I can look. Um, I have not, uh, still, still efforting. Of course, the irony is by the time people see this, they'll already be like, why are they taking so long to look? We already know what happened. We are, we already know that Daniel Lewis, uh, committed that but yeah i think it's alabama based on based on a dude i talked to who talks to dudes i didn't talk to uh well we know that farmer uh chose he florida. With florida yeah 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 yeah. and i think everybody everybody knows that and and apparently you know we've only been recruiting the guy for a week so sometimes and, and i'm not saying this was the case with jalen farmer who by the way i'm a big fan i mean i, I think jalen farmer is a uh, is a, a really good prospect and I love the tape, and I think he's going to be a good SEC player. When you only recruit a guy for a week, though, you don't know him. You don't know him. You've met him, but you don't know him. So I'm not saying that's that's why Alabama didn't take him. I'm just saying we don't know this kid. And when you commit a spot, it's a big deal. So um, I, I think we found Farmer, and it was interesting, but it was really late in the game on a two-way street. We didn't really know him. 
He didn't really know us. He's been committed to Florida since September. They had a big coaching change, but in his mind, he's been going to Florida for months. Right. And, and to be honest, Billy Napier is hard not to like. Uh, I, I think when you're like, oh, man, I was committed to Florida and the staff is gone. I, I don't know these new guys. And then you meet Billy Napier. Most kids are going to go, I like that guy. Yeah. You know, um, so I, I'm not surprised at all that Farmer stuck with Florida. I wouldn't also be surprised to later learn Alabama's position was like, we didn't really know that kid enough to, to get married. See, when you take him, you're getting married, right? Yeah. I think Alabama's like, hmm, he looks good. And then you go on the date, the weekend date, and the date's like, hey, you know, that was pretty nice. Uh, you ready to marry him? Hmm, can we have more time? <laughs> and the answer is just no, uh, you don't have more time. And, uh, and Alabama just watched him walk down the aisle of Florida and probably didn't lose any sleep. All right. It says he's going to go live on Instagram at one. It's just after one. I don't understand why we don't know for a fact he is going to Alabama. I've been scouring BOL as we've been doing this. Um, I'm like you. It seems like he's going to Alabama. I will say this, too. Uh, his, Instagram was down. his Instagram what? was down. His Instagram was down. It's now back up. So he should be committing shortly. All right. Well, you keep it on there and keep us updated. By the way, I'm well aware I look like I'm dressed like the guy from Sprockets. Um, you don't have to tell me this in the comments or anything. Um, secondly, uh, A&M has secured the number one class of all time. They got Shamar Stewart today. Um, and there is a rumor that Liberius, I think is how you say it, Liberius Overton, who um, yep. has been, you know, rumored to be, He's from Alabama originally, Alabama fan, all this stuff. He may be reclassifying and committing to A&M. There's a rumor. I don't know if that's going to happen. Um, Harold Perkins is apparently going to go to LSU now. Um, Jacoby Matthews is going to A&M, it looks like. And Trevante Citizen, uh, a running back out of Louisiana who was looking at LSU, Auburn, a couple other places, he kind of surprised everybody and goes to Miami. That was interesting. Um, so, you know, Alabama – uh, has a pretty ho-hum signing day, which you and I lament all the time. But uh, just I'm going to try and stall until Danny Lewis actually commits with your giant fingers coming right at me. <laughs> yeah, my, uh, I didn't uh, I didn't put my my camera in a great uh, spot uh, today. But uh, again, I'm optimistic on on, on Danny Lewis, and, and and I'll be honest, I'll say this before we know, uh, just so people know. I mean, my attitude doesn't change whether we get a kid or not. I make up my mind about how good I think a kid is. And, and I go with that until I'm proven wrong uh, and, and which I'm often proven wrong, but I, I'm, I want Danny Lewis because I believe Alabama does. My information is that Alabama would definitely like to have Danny Lewis and they worked hard to get him. They have been knowing him and recruiting him longer uh, than they knew Jalen farmer. Uh, and they're sold on this kid on and off the field and they would like to have him. So for that reason, I hope he picks Alabama. Uh, personally, I'm not, uh, convinced he's going to be a difference maker. Put it that way. I'm not convinced he'll be a difference maker uh, down the road. Uh, he definitely looks like a contributor. Let me let me interrupt you, Jimmy, and we'll end on this note. He has officially committed to Alabama, and um, I'm pulling it up on Twitter. Aaron Suttles is reporting it. Brody Miller um, says on Twitter, fast-rising Louisiana tight end Denny Lewis chooses Alabama over LSU, another tough in-state loss for the Tigers at a position of need. The former Cincinnati commit gained multiple SEC offers in the final few weeks. The Tide beat LSU out for their signature. Clint Lamb also reporting, this is interesting, LSU wide receiver Keyshawn Butte commenting elephant emojis on Danny Lewis's Instagram Live. Okay, 
I don't want to read too much into this because I'm almost 50 and that would be creepy. But that's kind of interesting. <laughs> it's super interesting because it's like this. Keyshawn Boutte keeps pouring gasoline on the fire. <laughs> he does, man. He does. He's, he creates, when, when you know, people say about rumors, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. Boutte keeps creating the smoke. And I'll tell you what. I mean, let's be honest about what, what you think is going on. Let's stop being fans and think for one second about what's going on in the football building at Alabama and at LSU. LSU desperately wants to keep him. Alabama would probably like to have him. Alabama doesn't want to, to even, be, even be accused of tampering. But Boutte himself. <laughs> he's tampering. He's tampering with himself. <laughs> he's tampering himself. And I think Alabama – who would probably, let's assume, this kid is a really good player. Of course Alabama would like to have him. There's not, there's 130 college football programs that would like to have this kid, not just Alabama. But I'm sure Alabama would like, Keyshawn, just what, just just wait till the spring is over. And, and, and then if you're going to leave, leave, but just shut up. Because the more he talks about leaving, the more LSU's got to do, what do we got to do to get him to stay? What NIL deal can we find him? How can we get him to stay? What what let's go off, let's go tell him he can call the plays in the fall. Let's go tell him he can play quarterback. I mean, LSU is just gonna keep on up in the ante anyway, because they'll desperately want him to stay. So none of this, I know it's entertaining. I know it's fun for us as fans to watch us unfold. I, I bet they're not having any fun in now more building about this at all. Keyshawn just shut up. And then if he's going to transfer, fine, do it. But uh, but but do it in May. I seem to have lost Luke, and now I lost me. And now I'm trying to figure out. Well. Maybe I can do the sign-off. Maybe that's what ought to be done because I think this is still taping and it's just me that's taping. So if it's just me that's taping and we lost Luke, Luke may have uh, passed out and fainted because he is such a big Danny Lewis fan. Danny Lewis committed to Alabama while we were on the air. Uh, we then lost Luke, uh, who's probably fainted uh, and is just the biggest Danny Lewis fan in the whole world. So uh, we'll be back uh, today. Uh, we will record again tomorrow at some point and cap signing day and get everybody ready for Kentucky. So for Luke Robinson, I'm Jimmy Stein. Thanks for listening to Locked On Bama. All right. I think I'm still seeing my computer died. I don't know what, but We'll end it right here. Roll tight, everybody.